You're listening to Habs Culture, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Habs Culture and on Twitter at Habs underscore culture to stay on track with news and updates. Episode 32 of the Habs Culture podcast. My name is Mark Anthony Bertaja. I'm alongside Justin Schwartz. We're back after a week's break. Uh, last week I was a bit under the weather, so we skipped a week. The Habs are kind of playing the same way, so we didn't really miss out on much. There's some NHL news we can cover, though. There's been a lot that has happened over the past few weeks. But we'll start with the Habs, who are in action tonight in Detroit against the Red Wings. After coming off a 4-2 win against Calgary, which was a great game at the Bell Center. They played very well. And you were there, right? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. And how and and was that your first game back uh since COVID? Uh it was my first game back. I was actually there for the viewing party when they lost right. to Tampa. Okay. But like but the must... last time I was there when they were on the ice. Yeah, it was in March. Okay, wow. So or definitely even before, uh, even before that. Must have been exciting, I guess, right? Twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was cool. And it, and it seemed and it seemed to be a pretty good game. I think I think the Habs also had their legs under them. Um, one of the few times this season. Yeah, it was fast paced, good hockey game. Manjapani scored a really nice goal. Like right saw in front that. of me. Really nice goal. Um, but yeah, they played really well. Plus that little goal, uh, the Gallagher goal and the whole brawl after. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, yeah, they played just a solid hockey game and obviously Suzuki came out and took and showed us why he's the MVP of this team. Took Maybe even Ben Sherratt. Holy cow, this guy's scoring goals at a ridiculous pace right now. Which is good, because every time he scores, his trade value goes up. Well, that's it. And then you ship him at the deadline for more than we would have ever thought we would have gotten. We're saying this now, but they, they might even extend him. Who knows? Stop. Let's I not cry. let's let's not talk about that right now. We're we'll, we'll live in the we'll live in the moment for now. Because I saw things on Twitter where they're like, you know, some people are thinking of or some people are saying like Darren Drager that they're thinking of extending Sherratt. That's horrible. It is bad, especially, you know, he, he throughout his time in Montreal has not really shown too many times why he's worth the money that we gave him. And it wasn't even a crazy contract, right? If I'm not mistaken, $2.75 million a year on a four-year deal, maybe even upwards of that. Um, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. But regardless, I mean, let's check. He's, he really, to me, and I, and I think I speak on behalf of both of us, hasn't really shown us too much. And, you know, it's, it's nice to see him scoring a few goals and, and actually, while watching the games, I feel like he's been contributing like on the offensive side of things. Like, yes, he's scoring goals, but he's also putting the puck on net a lot more than I've seen in the past. And he hasn't been playing a terrible game like this, so far this season. So nothing to complain on his part, but let's just hope that he doesn't get extended. He's at three and a half. Three and a half, wow. And I really... Yeah. I That was $750,000 that I, you know, missed on and... I still don't like that contract at 2.75. So I don't know what I would say at three and a half. Yeah, he's at three and a half. But it's more the fact that there's, yeah, it's the exact same as Savard. It's the fact that like there's other players that need to take on his role, like Romanov or Harris, Fairbrother, that are coming up that let them be able to win a spot instead of extending this guy who's really just, I don't he's know. There. He's just there. He just does things that are wrong and scores. Like sometimes, like now the goals that he's scoring, he just stays in the offensive zone, doesn't even go back. And he just gets and, lucky, he gets bailed out that he scores. Yeah, and he thinks he's a hero and he four checks. I'm like, what are you doing, buddy? Like, come on. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I mean, NHL players have ha- have to have a certain hockey IQ to be able to play in this league. That's for yeah. sure. But sometimes I question his. Yeah. I don't know what's going on sometimes. He, he, he thinks he's. Wayne Gretzky, Connor McDavid, all in one. No, he's our Connor McDavid, that's for sure. Well, as of right now, I mean, there's not there's not too many arguments against that. <laughs> um, the game before that, they lost to the LA Kings. Jake Evans scored an absolute beauty. What a goal! What a beautiful goal that was. Philip Deneau's return. It's funny when you boo a player every time he touches the puck, but when they show his name on the big screen eating pizza. They cheer and give him a standing ovation. And then they go right back to booing him right after. Yeah. It, what a weird fan base we have. It's well, so I, odd. I think because there has been a pre- there has been a precedent that has been set in the past where, you know, 
players that leave the halves automatically are getting booed regardless yeah. of how of, they left. Yeah, doesn't matter, right? So I think that it's kind of almost a necessity for the Habs fans to boo regardless of who the player is. And I saw a few comments on Twitter saying, you know, what a classless fan base. Why are they booing this guy? And and I was just thinking to myself, I was like, those boos are are as harmless as they get. Yeah. Um. They they they're just there for the environment for the atmosphere it's it's nothing more than that and phil to know we know his contributions to this team so it's a good topic because my like my sister was asking me like who do they boo and who do they not boo like kotkin yemi chose to accept the offer sheet philip Deneau chose to leave the Montreal canadians pk suban got traded and, and still booed he got booed but like they did that ceremony before the puck drop and everyone was crying and stuff but then yeah. once the first period started, every time he touched that puck, he got it. Well, that's he, got, he got it. So, like, who, like, if Carey Price were to ever leave this team. Ooh. Oh, God. If Shea Weber were to ever, like, he's not going to play anymore, but you know what I mean? Like, that type of player. Would they get it? What about Gallagher? What about Gallagher? That's, because you know what? To me, that has more... Gallagher, don't get me wrong. I think, I think Price. I want. I don't. I want to say has meant more this more than excuse me more to this team than Gallagher. But he I don't has. Even know if that's. Yeah. yeah, he has. He has. Okay, fair enough. But the thing is, is that I think we've talked about this a few times. Gallagher is that one guy that we actually drafted and turned into an actual legitimate hockey player in this yeah. league. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird, and and he just has that type of passion and that type of fight to him so it would be really weird but i wouldn't boo him but some would obviously i would definitely not boo gallagher i mean i wouldn't i i wouldn't boo kotkaniemi even though i mean he accepted it i still wouldn't boo him yeah um i wouldn't boo phil the no i mean i wouldn't get get it there's there's i think there's like a solid three players on the top of my head that i would have booed if I was in the building, I think uh, Mike Camilleri comes to mind. That was just a mess of a started roasting the Habs franchise and got traded yeah. mid-period. And anyways, um, Radulov, I I would have given it to that guy. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But again, I went to a Dallas little... game. I just don't know if it was his first game back. It might have been actually. I don't know if it was his first game back, but he got it in the Bell Center. I'm sure. I'm sure he did. I don't know, though. Like, t- to me, Radulov, again, like, yeah, don't get me wrong. I think that he accepted a different contract. But there was also mismanagement mismanagement on, yeah. on Montreal's side of it. So, I don't know. There's just other, there's always going to be the what-ifs. And, like, like, like wh- why do we boo? And who do we boo? And, and yeah. for what reason, right? But I don't know. I, I, I even feel like booing kind of just... I might get backlash for this comment, but kind of just adds to... The respect towards the player, like it's funny because you—it's usually the opposite. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like I feel like they're booing because because he was almost, good. Yeah, and, and it's almost just exactly, and it's almost just like it's a necessity because that's just what Montreal fans do, and that's just what the organization is—it's not the organization, excuse me—but the fan base has done for so long. So it's just something that's just going to continue to happen regardless of the player and regardless of what they meant to the team. Like if Victor Mete returned to Montreal. When there was no fans in the building. <laughs> when he comes back this season, is, is he going to get booed? I don't know. He's different, I think, just because I don't think that there was as much history behind his name as opposed to some of the other guys we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably, probably. He probably will. Yeah. The, before we change topics now, because we've kind of gone on a bit of a booing rant here. Mm-hmm. The best is easily John Tavares. That's the top. That's the cream of the crop. About and booing I, someone. And I think he deserves it. Personally. Oh, he definitely deserved it. It was hilarious. <laughs> right from warm-ups. That yeah. guy stepped on the ice and the whole building stood and up he and was, booed. He was sad. Like, he was legitimately... He looked depressed when this was, was going so on. Lot. Like, he was probably expecting something, but I don't think he was expecting what happened. No. Like, that was bad. I don't think it gets to that point. Like, like that that was... Yeah, that was bad. Rightfully so. Absolutely. Should we go into news around the National Hockey League? Let's do it. So... We'll start with Sidney Crosby because the next game at the Bell Center is against the Pittsburgh Penguins next Thursday. And Sidney Crosby has exited COVID protocol, which is good for him because he played one game 
and then left because of COVID. Tested positive, even though double vaccinated. The Senators, however, have three players in the COVID protocol, which is unfortunate. Eric Brandstrom is out for six to eight weeks. He was in trade talks for Vitaly Kravstov, which we will get to later because obviously the Habs are involved in trade talks, including him. And uh, and I think the biggest headline of the week goes to Mr. Zachary Fukale. Is his name Zachary or is it just Zach? It may just be Zach. Zachary. I think, I think Zachary? you had it right. I think you had it right. It's Zachary. He got Pretty a sure. shutout in his first NHL game. And I called it. I knew it was going to happen. I was in class. I got a Twitter no- notification. I turned to my buddy and I said, Zach Fukale is starting tonight against Detroit. He'll post a shutout. I said 44 safe shutout. It was like a 20-something safe shutout. It's like written in the stars. <laughs> Former Habs, Carey Price savior. The next generation, Carey Price. First Can game I... with the Capitals, post a shutout. But did you know that it was his first NHL game? Yeah. I didn't, like, why did I think that he's Because he got drafted in 2013. Before. It's weird. Like, it's a weird scenario. Like, I, I wasn't expecting that when I heard that it was his mm. first game in the NHL. I was like, yeah. holy cow. He bounced around everywhere except for the National Hockey League. AHL, ECHL, he was everywhere. Yeah. And good for him, though. Absolutely. Let's not take it away from him. Good for him. Um, We'll move on from him because, again, there's so many players the Habs have drafted that are doing well. And we'll go on to the great eight who passed Brett Hull. Now he's fourth all-time in leading. He's in a catch, Gretzky. Absolutely. He'll do Absolutely. it. There's, like, there's no way he doesn't at this rate. But the fact that, like, here's the thing, is that I think one of the biggest doubts going into, like, one of the biggest doubts about him scoring or, or taking over the record is that he's getting older. Yes, we all know that. Mm-hmm. But as you get older, you you usually see a decline, regardless. Yeah. When you're looking at the likes of like Yaramir Jagger and maybe a couple other players, but that's about it. But but this guy is legitimately playing at a at excuse me at an elite level, like an elite yeah. level. It's insane because it's not like oh you know he still score like he'll put up twenty to twenty five. Like he's on. I don't know what he's on pace for. I don't want to know because it's probably something absurd. But yeah. what what is to say right now that he won't score fifty? Like what is like there's there's nothing. Oh, I think he's gonna score fifty. But that's a lot of goals for a 36-year-old. If I would have told you, if I would have told you the season right before the COVID season, so, you know, uh, 2019-2020, do I have that right? Yeah, 2019-2020 season. Yeah. If I said, in two years from now, when Gretzky's 36, uh, Gretzky, excuse me, when when, uh, Ovechkin is 36 and he just signed his contract, he just re-signed with Washington Capitals, he's going to put up 50. I'm not saying that it would be out of the realm of possibility and maybe you'd say it's possible and it absolutely is possible, but you wouldn't be like convinced of it. Right now, it's almost a guarantee the way he's playing. He has 12 goals in 14 games. So, I mean... He's the greatest goal scorer of our generation, of all time. Absolutely. I'm not even going to say our generation. He's the greatest goal scorer of all time. Even if he doesn't pass him, I think he's still the greatest goal scorer of all time. Like pure goal scorer. He, he's going to catch up to him. And the fact that he's going to catch up to him while playing in a career where he had an NHL lockout, where he missed a full year because of a lockout, and then he missed that whole COVID part, all of this adds to his age, but not to his number of games played where he can add more goals. This is this is something else. Yeah. This is really something else. And just to just to add on to all this, this yeah. this is this is how many goals he's he's on pace for. For those who can't see what he's showing, Justin, it's a seventy point two. Will he score seventy? I doubt it. Probably not. But but you know what? Like again, I, I'm first of all, I'm I'm a huge OV guy. Like I love his passion mm-hmm. for the game. And and the thing is, is that I I think in recent history we haven't seen too many Russian players because of the KHL mostly, that have been so passionate to come play in North America. And it's so cool to see. Like, when he won that cup in 2019. Tw- 2018. Uh, 2018, thank you. Yeah. It was, like, I, I was so happy for yeah, him. Like, too. it was insane. And and now, I mean, 
he continuously just is putting everything out there. And mm-hmm. and the thing is, is that it, what's even cooler is that he doesn't really, I don't, look, to say that he doesn't care about beating the record is, is not true. Mm-hmm. But he has a priority and his priority is to win hockey games and, and to make the Washington Capitals or bring the Washington Capitals to the playoffs and potentially win another Stanley Cup. Like, it's crazy how his intentions are in the right place and he's still, you know, outperforming him, like, performing at this level. Like, I can't even speak on it. It's insane. He's a beast. He's he's an absolute monster. I mean, like, it, it literally makes no sense how this guy scores goals. First of all, however he can, he'll score them. He'll tip it in. He'll wire one, one-timer, wrister. Name it, he'll do it. But he also sits in the same office throughout the whole power play. Doesn't move his feet until he gets that puck and the goalie still can't stop it. And we're talking about the best goalies in the world who have evolved tremendously. Not only their equipment, but their style of play. And they still can't stop it. Like, it's crazy. And you would think, Mark, right, that like as he gets older, yes, he will decline. But not only will he decline as a player, but maybe his biggest weapon being his shot will will significantly you know decrease in in mm-hmm. effectiveness and it, it's it's almost the complete opposite where it's actually gotten stronger and goalies still haven't figured it out and are actually having maybe an even harder time trying to stop this guy whatever yeah. it's it's crazy and it's so cool to watch and actually witness like watching mcdavid is one thing but watching someone score like this is another speed about mcdavid do you have the Oilers as the best? Like, is this their best chance to win a cup this year? I I think so. You mean you mean in recent history? Like like if we look at this Connor McDavid era, it's this year, next year, and the year after that. I, I'd assume. Yeah, He's I mean, twenty four. But I'm just saying, considering what's around him, this is the best. This is the best team he's had for sure. Oh. No debate. But again, like we always mention on this podcast, how do you not solidify your goaltending position when you have the two best hockey players right now on the planet? I don't understand. And like there's talks about Marc Andre Fleury going Edmonton, which would honestly be their best move because Fleury's arguably the greatest goaltender I've ever watched in the playoffs. That guy just stands on his head consistently in the playoffs. He brought an expansion team to the Stanley Cup Finals. So that would be huge for them. But again, they're still... Can Pugliarvi produce in the playoffs? Right? Zach Hyman, great hockey player. Former Toronto Maple Leaf. Can he produce in the playoffs? Because he never did in Toronto. You know, there's still a a few question marks. But I think it's his best team for Connor. Absolutely. And... Again, we can we can speak on the GM's part here. I do think that going after Zach Hyman, and look, I've watched my fair share of Edmonton games, not even for fantasy relevance, just because watching Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl mm-hmm. play together is probably one of the most fun things to do as a hockey fan. Yeah. But despite that, I mean, you look at their top six and Yamamoto, solid piece. Like he he does he does bring something to the top six. Zach Hyman definitely an upgrade, absolutely. Pugliarvi mm. is playing at a at a higher level. Nugent Hopkins, yeah. kind of just like. But the thing is, right, Mark, is that all these players that that I just listed benefit from playing at one point or another throughout the game with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. But you know, Tyson Barry is a good defenseman. Evan Bouchard seems to be evolving pretty nicely. Cody Cc is not being talked about, which I think, which I think is good for him because usually he's. He's always getting flamed on social media. Yeah. Now he doesn't seem to be getting flamed. So maybe that's a positive thing for him. But again, it also goes back to the goaltending. And Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen, look, having a hot goalie going into the playoffs is the is the most crucial thing that you can probably have as mm-hmm. a hockey team. But these guys are never going to get hot. Like Mike Smith is good, but like I don't see him putting this team on his back if necessary, right? Yeah, there's, there's no such thing of outscoring another team in the playoffs. If your goalie lets in four in a playoff game, it's not looking good for you. I, I know you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but the playoffs is a different beast. And you just can't start outscoring teams in the playoffs. 
So if they get a, if they get a flurry or even a Corpusalo, go after a Corpusalo. Because he what he did in the bubble was no everyone forgot about that. What he did in the bubble for Columbus was pretty was amazing. What he did. Mm-hmm. So if you go after a Corpusalo, go after a flurry. But even I think we were talking about this on one of our group chats. Imagine if they got a guy like Mike Hoffman. Like obviously Mike Hoffman would have had to want to go to Edmonton. And Mike Hoffman, I'm talking about him because he's on the Canadians, so I watch him every game. But imagine if they had a guy like Mike Hoffman on that top six with Pugliarvi, who's Pugliarvi's finally finding his way because he's still a fourth overall pick. He's finally finding that way. You have Connor, Connor Brown, what's his name? Connor, uh, which one? Uh... I'm blanking now. The wait, former wait. lease player. Connor Brown's in the Sens. Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman. You have Zach Hyman in your top six. You would have had Pugliarvi. Oh, that's true. Okay, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? They could have put a pure goal scorer next to one of the two. But anyways, we've been it's... complaining about this team and we're not even a fan of them. Yeah. It's, it's I just funny. found it a missed opportunity. For sure. And even to add on to your argument, like, like look, you said, imagine putting a pure goal scorer next to them. It's crazy because this team... These two players, specifically Dreisaitl and McDavid, make like a guy like Zach Hyman look like a pure goal scorer. It's like, yeah, he, if I'm not mistaken, he has seven goals this season, and like that's not a small amount by any means. That's not his game. His game is not goal scoring. He's more of a gritty player with with a little bit of skill, which is a perfect like and and honestly a perfect balance. And I think any team would be lucky to have a guy like Zach Hyman. But you're absolutely right. They have never added a piece, a significant piece, um, on either of their wings that has been a proven goal scorer. And again, a guy like Mike Hoffman, I think, would benefit tremendously from playing with guys like that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he put up 40, maybe exceeding yeah. 40. Um, but I didn't even name a guy before, like Darnell Nurse on their back end. Like, they have a solid team. But another guy that I would mention in, in net, and rumor, there, it was it was in the rumor mill last season, but like a guy like Darcy Kemper. I mean, not mm-hmm. anymore, obviously. Yeah. But he was a guy that would have benefited from a change of scenery, which he which he now did, but imagine like like honestly anyone but but these goalies, anyone but them. They missed their shot on Markstrom. That was the number one guy they needed. That should have been their number one priority, Jacob Markstrom, and he went to their rivals. Like he went, he went to, he stayed in Canada, and he didn't choose your team. Why is that? I don't know. He would have played with Connor McDavid, and if they had Jacob Markstrom, oh god, Jacob Markstrom's a good goalie. Anyways. It, Enough about the Oilers. I'm just saying they're they're a good hockey team, but there's just something missing. Eugene Hopkins, a first overall pick, and he has no goals, but he, he still looks good out there because goals. he's getting assists. Yeah, like you have but, two first overall picks on your team. You have two of them. I don't know. And and also and also I think like you know kind of just to finish up on this topic i think also like they they lack depth right i mean you they went out and got warren fogel don't get me wrong i think you know fringe third line or fourth line are perfect but other than that i mean how many guys can you name me on those two lines like i know they have that younger player um i'm blanking on his name um it's not dylan holloway he's not playing right no he's not playing yet uh he'll be good though for them dylan holloway he will I'm just gonna pick. I'm just gonna pull up their lines quickly. Oh, it's Ryan McLeod. Um, oh. He he's a little bit younger and kind of you know slotted in on that third line. But other than that, right? Like Kyle Turris. I mean, good for the fourth fourth line. But right now he's playing third line minutes. Then you have mm-hmm. Perlini, Derek Ryan, and Colton Sevier. Like like we know from experience and we know from watching that to get to the playoffs is one thing, but to perform in the playoffs is another. Yeah. And to perform in the playoffs, like you. As, as crazy as this sounds, you cannot depend on Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And you need guys that will come up big when they don't. Yeah, yeah exactly. You need secondary scoring. And that's that's why I think you need to be all in on every every position possible. And they're just not. They should be on every player available. Dylan Strom's available. You pounce on him. You know what I mean? You should just be on every guy. Just to make this team even better. Because who cares if you risk your future? Who cares about your future right now? You have the greatest hockey player or the most talented hockey player to ever play the game on your team in his prime. Anyways, we'll switch topics here. And Holland just sucks. Like, uh, that's just my two. Like, I, I, I really so do. old fashioned. Like, like, 
really is he really the man for the job here absolutely not he's not the man for and and it's sad to see because look like it's crazy to say i'm like don't don't get me wrong i have no idea about the ins and outs of, of salary cap and cap space like i i understand it if you showed me a few numbers but but it takes a lot more to to be in that position than to just know a few numbers right but it's i don't know he He's not maximizing the potential of this team, and that's the problem. Exactly, that's the you said it perfectly. He's not maximizing the opportunity that he has right now. Like this offseason should have been all in. The past two offseasons should have been all in. You have McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl taking up a combined twenty five percent of your cap space, and and you're probably thinking like, well, you're not thinking this, but people might think, oh, that's 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 a lot. Two players under the cap, but. You still have a lot of money to work with, and mm-hmm. you do, and especially mm-hmm. when you can get Hyman at a Hyman at a, I say discount. I mean five and a it, half. Because they gave him that seventh year. That's why. Well, there you go, right? You, you exactly, and then you get new Jet five point one two five. Like that's great, but you need guys. You need to get rid of guys like Zach Cassian and Kyle Turris, and and you you know like you just. I'm not saying you have to get rid of them, but replace them with guys yeah. that you know can perform when it comes down to it. Because you can't depend on Kyle Turris to man the third line in the first or second round of the playoffs. You just can't. You no, just you can't. can't. You can't. Like, why weren't they in on a guy like Victor Arvidsson? Wasn't he traded for like a late pick? He was no, uh, no. Uh, Victor Arvidsson was traded for a second and a third, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. W- but but still, like it. But still, Mark, we, we're on the same page here. At this point, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, it's just a missed opportunity for them. But on it's the topic to of, talk about. Yeah, on the topic of trading, Vitaly Kravstov has left. The, he left the Rangers. What? It's been like three weeks now. It's been a while that he just didn't want to report to their AHL team. So he left. He went for the KHL. He played for his home. He's playing for his home team right now, like his hometown team. He scored an absolute beauty of a goal in his first game. Ninth overall pick in 2018. The two teams interested, apparently, it was Frank Saravalli, right? Yeah, it was. Are the Montreal Canadiens and the Ottawa Senators. For the Habs, sure. Kravstov, you get yourself a top 10 pick from that draft. You just lost a top 10 pick from that draft in the offseason in Kotkaniemi. So you get yourself another one. He's a winger, however. The Habs do have a lot of wingers. We need The Habs need centers and defensemen. But if you can get your hands on this kid for a cheap price, why not? And for the Senators, it seems more of a fit for them, considering the fact that they can trade. This that Brandstrom one for one would be absolutely perfect. I don't know how that works with injury, because technically you're not allowed to trade someone who's injured, even though Vegas just did it with Alex Tuck. So I don't know how that works. Um mm-hmm. But it makes more of a, it makes more sense for the Senators. However, why not for the Habs? Just go for it. I'm not opposed to it at all, and, and and I do think that this is the type of player that you don't that doesn't come very come around very often. I mean, a ninth overall pick um, has a ton of potential, mm. and I think that at 21 years old, if the Montreal Canadiens franchise and organization can learn learn how to develop a hockey player. Then, then there is no reason why they shouldn't overspend for a guy like this. Because at the end of the day, in I'll say six to eight years from now, assuming the Habs finally maybe learn that they're going to lose enough to the point where they they're forced to rebuild, they'll have a gem. They will have a gem. And again, mm-hmm. there's no there's no determining that um, there's no determining that that that's that that that's fully true. But we can assume and we can and we can see by the way that he's kind of developed so far as a hockey player that maybe it's possible. But yeah. Usually there's always one player when we're talking about trades where I'm like, he'd be going the other way. Right now I'm really not sure who'd go the other way. Um look, Leas Anderson was traded for a second round pick. And he was considered a very good talent back when he was traded and didn't want to play for the Rangers, requested a trade. Do I think it's going to be a second-round pick? No. I saw stuff about Ben Sherrod going the other way because the Rangers want a defenseman for the dead, at the deadline. Do I think it's by a fair trade? No. By all means, take it. Here, here. I'll, but I'll, if, I'll... if my phone rings and I get offered Vitaly Kravstov for Ben Sherrod and maybe a pick, 
I'd answer, I'd, I'd say yes in a heartbeat. I don't even, I don't even check my cap space. I don't even check yeah. with. I'd call Ben Sherrod before even hanging up the phone and tell him you're off to New York. I would retain his whole salary cap if they wanted me to. I don't care. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole damn thing. You can't, but... <laughs> well, you know what I'm trying to get at here. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'd pay for his flight. Maybe a gourmet meal on the way too. Yeah. yeah. Go go hit up Del Frisco's in New York. No problem. No problem. Ten thousand dollars spending spree in Times Square. Go ahead. There you go. Have but fun. you know what's concerning, Mark? You know what's concerning about this whole rebuilding, like direction that yeah. we kind of hope Montreal's taking, is the fact that look, I, I posted on Twitter on the on the on the account a couple of days ago, hoping that I would get hope, like kind of like knowing the answer or knowing my answer. Mm-hmm. But I posted what just the Habs take, and it was a poll. It was between retool and rebuild. Mm-hmm. The fact that 35% of people said retool is scaring the bleep out of me right now. It's it's engraved in our memory. What the heck, man? It's a retool, not a rebuild. (laughs) It's engraved. That quote is engraved in our memory. The fact that they pushed it so much. Retool, retool, retool. People are so scared of a rebuild. When a rebuild can be done in three years, if you do it properly. It can, if you it, like. Obviously, there's the Arizona Coyotes who take 15 years, but you can do it in three if you do it properly. And it starts. It all starts in this draft. If you can land the top three pick in this draft, and you don't screw up, it's pretty hard to screw up in this draft. I was looking at the picks. If you land in the top three, there's. I'm gonna use a fancy word here. There's a plethora. Of centers. I don't know why that word popped into my head. <laughs> but there's a plethora of centers available in the top three, even top five. If you get a spot, obviously there's Shane Wright at one. And if the league wanted to be nice and they saw the Habs finished third to last in the National Hockey League, entered the lottery, maybe spoke to some people, whispered to a few ears, and said, Look, the draft is in Montreal. The fans would love if they pick first overall. So why not make their ball pop up? Right? Conspiracy theory? I mean, no, I'm I'm Montreal. I'm kind of on yeah, I'm 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 on the same page as you, honestly. And again, you said a plethora of centers. I mean <laughs> Matt Matthew Savoy, Savoy, Savoy yeah. yeah, Lambert, Brad Lambert, Connor Geeky, Logan I like Cooley, Brad like... Lambert. Yeah, so do I. That's I one really guy where I saw at the World Juniors, but it's a good hockey player. It's funny because he's Finnish. His but... stock's falling a lot, though, apparently. Is it? Because he's not playing very well. So his stock's falling a lot. If the Habs get the 11th overall pick, I'd, I'd literally cry. I Tears would come out of my eyes. Why is that? Because that goes straight to Arizona. Their pick is top 10 protected in the Dvorak trade. That's what people don't understand where, oh, let's win some hockey games. No, no, no. You got to lose them all. Because if you if you land out of the top ten, it goes straight to Arizona. Wait, hold on, hold on. Sorry, I'm 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 missing something here. You said that the the pick that we traded to Arizona is top ten protected. So For you're Dvorak, saying that Dvorak, we traded a first round pick and a third round pick. If I'm not mistaken, right? It was at a yeah, second. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. It was a first and a third. Yes. That first round pick is the best of Montreal or Carolinas. Carolinas is the one we received in the Kotkaniemi offer sheet. Right? We right. received okay. the first and a third from Carolina. I think okay. it was a first and a second for Dvorak. Anyways. It might have been. Yeah, it might have been. Sorry. I'm I'm so the Habs declined to accept the Kotkaniemi offer sheet, and they received a first and a third from the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. At that moment, they had a Montreal Canadiens first round pick and a Carolina Hurricanes first round pick. Mm-hmm. Then they traded that first round pick and something for Dvorak. In that deal. It's the best first-round pick that goes to Arizona. However, both picks are top ten protected. Obviously, Carolina's doesn't matter. They're going to. The so playoffs. what you're saying? Sorry to cut you off, just so I can make sure that I understand mm-hmm. here. So you're saying that if if they finish in the bottom bottom ten, right, then that would automatically, or sorry, wherever they finish in the lottery, like assuming that it's in the top ten, mm-hmm. it's the Carolina trade that it's the Carolina pick that goes to Arizona. 
So no matter what Arizona gets Montreal or Carolina's first round pick, however, it's the best of the two. So if Montreal finishes 11th, that's the better of the two. So it goes to Arizona. Well, assuming Carolina doesn't finish worse, right? Yeah, they won't. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I know, but I'm just yeah. but like I'm just trying to understand, right? Okay, so mm-hmm. that's how. Okay. So, but if they finish 10th, Carolina's pick goes to Arizona. And Montreal gets to keep top 10 protected. Okay, I understand. I understand. Okay, so it's perfect. The, it's the better of the two that gets traded. However, if it's top 10 protected, it stays. And the other one goes. It's funny how so, I said I was about to say perfect, but like it, it, no, it's still it's it's stressing. It's like it because there's there's a risk here. Obviously, thank God he protected a top ten. He didn't pull a San Jose Sharks and not protect it. He could have protected a top three, which is still they. I think they would have lost it, but top ten protected at least. There's a chance. There's there's a high chance they keep it, but eleventh overall would be horrible because then. Then We'd have picking, no picks. No, you're picking Carolina's pick. Right, but that's like that could be 25. Yeah, and, probably is going to be. And, and if it's 25, I mean, it could be 30. Well, we know. Yeah, and we have a history of not making good first round picks, let alone at the back end of the first round. So yeah. where does? Oh boy. So, so yeah. I'm hoping for man. Imagine Shane Wright. I honestly, yeah, I know we're okay still with... early. Like it's still like we're November. Yeah, but but at the end of the day, you know, you're you're 15 games in. You're 15 mm-hmm. games in, and there's an 82 game season, and yeah. you're 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 right outside, or you're. I don't want I'll, just. It's enough games to 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 get you thinking. And even at that, you get if you get yourself a Brad Lambert, and Matt Savoie. I don't know. It just it's it's a good it's a good draft, and they better yeah, hit great. And like it better not be 11th overall. We're just outside of. 20% like 20% of the way through the season mm-hmm. so I mean like it, it's flown by like it, it, all, all it takes is look like right now we're third to last in the league right in front of Arizona and Ottawa Arizona has three points Ottawa has seven Montreal has nine like Montreal can easily finish in the bottom five like easily like very mm-hmm. easily I hope they do I honestly, I truly hope they do. I I do too, and you know it's funny because I talk to some people, and again, this kind of go. It's funny because it kind of goes back to to bubble hockey, and I was kind of like telling myself, I'm like, I kind of want the Habs to lose to Pittsburgh and just get a good pick and call it a day. This means nothing. I say mm-hmm. it means nothing. Don't get me wrong. The the Tampa Bay Lightning Cup means something, but it, it's 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 different. It's it's fully different, and you have to look at it and in a different in a different light. But with that being said, like I, I wanted them to lose, and they won, and then I started to cheer for them. But I don't want them to lose because I don't like them. I want them to lose because it's for the better of the organization yeah. and for the better of the better bettering of the team going forward. And and that's the same thing here. I watch Habs games, and Mark, let's both agree on this, or I think we can both agree on this. They're not a good hockey team. They're not mm. a good hockey team, and they don't. I don't. There are a few players that stand out. Don't get me wrong, but I don't see them making a push, or let alone getting out of the bottom 10 teams in the league this year. Yeah, me neither. I don't. Yeah, I wanted them to lose also against Pittsburgh. Obviously, now that we look back on it, do they sign Tyler Toffoli if they lost that bubble series? Probably not. Do they have the opportunity to sign Josh Anderson seven years? Probably not. Because players saw that this team actually with Carey Price and Shea Weber have a chance to go far, and that's exactly what they did. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals the year after. But I wanted a shot at Lafreniere. I thought it was going to be rigged. Send the hometown boy home. Anyways, that was just my crazy thoughts as a Montreal Canadiens fan yeah. of being Alexi Lafreniere. This year's a bit different. Look, at any top five pick I'll be happy with. But I mean... what's the point of winning some hockey games for morale? And for, oh, look, the Habs are on a four-game win streak, but then you still miss the playoffs. What's the point of doing that and then not having your pick because you have to give it to Arizona? What's the point of landing the 15th overall pick or the 13th overall pick, having to trade it just because we wanted to win some hockey games and make the fans happy? No, it makes no sense. You're wasting a year. You're literally wasting a year of losing I, I it's it's so frustrating honestly and it's like it, it sucks because like for example tonight like 
I'm gonna go and I'm gonna watch the Habs game. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch it. And am I gonna hate every minute of it? Maybe, maybe, maybe most against of them. Detroit. They might score seven, but it's in Detroit. They don't have a good uh, know, record in Detroit. But you know what bothers me is the fact that yes, they're they'll probably maybe they'll score, maybe they'll score, maybe they'll win, and and, and great. Like it's 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 nice to see your favorite team win. That mm-hmm. that goes without saying. That's it's uh, as obvious as it as it as they come, but. But this will team, we be mad if they lose? That's the key no, question. No, exactly. no, and and I just, I just, as a fan, like right now, what make like we the Habs are in such a sensitive position right now because Mark Bergevin has done a good job for the most part, mm-hmm. but this team is arguably in a hole right now. It's in a hole because you have a mix of players who are in the position to win now, like a Josh Anderson who can contribute can can seriously contribute to a contending team. For a contending team, excuse me. Yeah. But then you have players that who are just not ready to take that next level, to get to that next level yet. And that will come with time, but the mix doesn't bode well for the Montreal Canadiens. And it's such a sensitive and soft position to be in. And right now, the position should be, or the direction should absolutely be tanking and absolutely be a rebuild. Yeah. And again, like you said, it doesn't need a full rebuild, yes. But Montreal can, the Montreal Canadiens are in a position where they can, a full rebuild, like you said, could take three years. Mm-hmm. They could do it in two in three years. It's a you lose for two years straight. You're gonna get some good picks. You already have a solid prospect pool. I don't know. It, it just it makes sense. And by the time the rebuild's done, Suzuki's in his prime. It literally fits perfectly. Caulfield's in his prime. Anyways, we'll move on from that because I feel like we talk so much about rebuild and. But Mark, you know what? Prime. Unfortunately, unfortunately, sorry to cut you off, but unfortunately, yeah. that's it, it's just the reality of it, and it and it's frustrating as a fan. It's mm-hmm. frustrating because you want to see your team lose. You don't want to see your team lose, but it might be for the better the betterment of the team. But at the end of the day, when when the you know what, if the organization came out today, and I know that they can't speak publicly on this, but if they made it semi obvious that they were all in, for example, I much rather them tell me we're all in and we're going to do everything in our in our in our capabilities and to, to, to win, I, I would be happier than where we are, than where we're at now, because there's no direction. There is absolutely no direction. If you came out and told me that you were, you wanted to rebuild fully great, but there it's one or the other. You can't, mm-hmm. the retooling thing, like you mentioned before is ingrained into the, into the head of the fan, into fans heads. And it, it's just created some monster. Like it's terrible. The Rangers did it. They just sent out a letter saying, look, we're going to suck for some years. Accept that. And what happened? They got the second overall pick in Capo Caco. They got the first overall pick in Alexi Lafreniere. Oh, and they signed the best free agent in the past 10 years. Artemi Panarin. And again, you know... But they sent out a letter saying, we're going to suck for some years. So accept that. And look at them. And, the and House look, will never do that, though. They'd never do they, that. They'll never do that. And that's they'll the problem. They'll never send a letter. Well, they'll never set a le- letter, let alone letter, let alone actually do it, and 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 yeah. that's the problem. Is that did the Rangers lose fans? Maybe a few. Were they a weak fan mm. base for a little while? Probably, but it'll come back though. It but will. it comes back. Fa- passionate fans don't leave, and Mon- the Montreal Canadiens fans are passionate. And yes, maybe a little rowdy and toxic sometimes. But is that is is that to say that they're not going to stay true to the team that they love? No, no. It's upsetting. It's upsetting because I, I really, I really do think that at this point, look, kudos to Mark Bergevin for his work, but it's it's time to move on from a whole, from a from the management standpoint. The yeah, the coach, the GM, the owner, the owner needs to sell. The owner needs to do something. Yeah, he won't. He won't sell. Why would he sell? <laughs> Why the hell would he sell? Yeah, no. He's no making chance. money out the wazoo. <laughs> you know, I went. You know, they made the popcorn smaller at the Bell Center. I'm sure, they did. And I, I thought they were going to meet my Coke. I thought it was going to be in like one of those like cups with the straws. <laughs> Instead, this guy opens the, even before I paid, he opens the, the bottle because you can't keep the cap, right? Right. Opens the bottle, gives it to me with a small popcorn because it used to be bigger and I was smaller. It cost me $14. That little, because <laughs> you can't have the popcorn without the drink. Right, because it's it's too salty, right? It's too salty, too buttery. It just gets you thirsty. I mean, it's good, but 
Yeah. It's amazing. No, it's a great combo. Nice Coke and a, a popcorn. But like I'm sitting at my seat. And first of all, Jeff, you got to put some cup holders. I know, I know adding yeah. one cup holder to every chair probably removes a total of 10 seats in the Reds because that little couple adds up and it removes right. a few seats. But come on, man. I'm looking, I look like an idiot with my. On the floor. Yeah, on the floor, and that they score, and like and you know, I my, get you know up I mean? and I knock it over with my foot, like yeah, my like God. come on, it's man. a little. Don't get me wrong; it's an iconic building, and the <laughs> is so fun to pl- like. It's so fun. Put some to go cup watch holders, it. come on, Jeff. Cup holder, man, <laughs> and and switch, switch the damn <laughs> environment. Like not environment. What's the word I'm looking for? Like the entertainment. Like what's with the cars racing around every time? It's the same thing every single year. It's ridiculous, Mark. <laughs> At like, least their intro is kind of good. They do a good job on that. No, they but, do. Yeah. But Vegas took over with intros. Used to be the Habs. Like, oh, they had great intros. Now it's the... Especially when they got rid of that torch, man. Come on. That's your that one so That's your fun. one thing. It's your go-to. Why'd you take it away? Put some cup holders, man. Anyways. Hmm. Yeah. No, it's... it's, uh, we'll, it's, we'll, it's... Get, we'll, get, we'll get to our predictions. Now we're, we're really... Yeah, really now, now, now you're really giving us. You know what? Screw it. Hat trick for Sherrod tonight. I don't want to hear anything. Hat trick for Sherrod? It's no, very. That's not even bold. No, not not at this He's point. He's elite. Okay, can't, wait. Uh, appreciation for a second. For I know shot. you. Uh, no, definitely oh. not. I oh. know one of your buddies says that we never talk about Gallagher, and I mean this is not about Gallagher, but this is an appreciation towards a different type of player, a different a different type of skill that we have on this team, and that's Nick Suzuki. We haven't talked about him once yeah. this episode. He has 14 yeah. points in 11 games. He's killing it. And some good hockey. Playing some good hockey, and he's such a smart hockey player. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's funny because there's certain players that I enjoy watching because they're exciting to watch. And it's not that Nick Suzuki's exciting, but he's just so smart that it's like, how, like, why or how did he think about do, making that player doing that? Like, it's yeah. sick. It's cool. Um, I have a disappreciation uh, minute for someone. Oh, God. If that's even a word. I don't even know if that's a word. Can I take a guess? Is it a player on the Montreal? Is it a player? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, who? Else? Oh, you thought it was gonna be like? A I thought manager? like maybe it was like maybe it was like Ducharme or something. Oh no, which, no, no. Which I would also add to that category. But anyway, um, no, it's a player. I think he should be getting more heat than he like. He's not getting heat at I think, all. Is it a defenseman? Uh, no, it's a it's a forward. Why am I? Why am I? Oh, well, is it Dvorak? Is it top six, bottom six? I'm. I want to guess it, but now you uh, narrow it down. Yeah, no, I really narrow it down. If I if I go, obviously, definitely not uh, Ryan Paling. First mm-hmm. one game. Well, he played bad, but it's not him. No, Pazetta. Bad. I'll no, say it's bad. not Pazetta. No, no, it's, it's not, not Hoffman. I know you like Hoffman. I love Holy Mike cow. Hoffman. Yeah, I know. I honestly not... want his jersey really bad. But anyways, so continue. It's, Keep it's, guessing. It's not Gallagher. No. What the hell, man? Like he's Is been it... like so quiet not... that you, you not... don't even. It... Oh, you think he's injured? Foley. Josh Anderson? No. Who who is it, man? You want me to just tell you? Yeah, I do. Yol Armia. Oh. Like, he contract. has done absolutely nothing. He just signed an extension at $3.4 million. He's doing nada. That's my and that's... sec five or sec three Spanish. <laughs> and that's not like here. that's not like nothing in terms of money like that's not nothing that's not nothing at all it's some paul byron money there and once he hops in the lineup we're gonna have two guys doing nothing for oh sorry he wears he wears a letter in his jersey my bad you know what i mean he's doing nothing he's literally doing nothing he's the most expensive fourth line player in the league why did he get that contract because he played well in the playoffs he's the art he's the most inconsistent player on the habs he wins he really is yes okay but what do you? What is he doing? And no one's talking about him. Three point four million dollars for a fourth line player that has zero goals. Right? He has that zero. Seems, that seems to be the the problem with the Montreal Canadiens as a whole is the fact that they we we give players money, we spend to the cap, but we have such a hard like. And then and then our leading goal scorer has four goals. Like. Okay, I understand that the Habs again. I talked about it before. Are in a sensitive state, and they're not. They're not in a. They're not in point. a win. Yeah, like come on. Like here's one point. Look, if, if I go, if I go, look at Troy Terry. Don't get me wrong. This guy's having the breakout of his life, but this guy's putting the puck in the net for for no money, for zero, for zero. How much does he make? Let's see. Let's see how much. I he don't makes. know. I guarantee you, it's not more than Joel Armia, though. You want to take a guess? 
Yeah, do you have it up on? Do you have it? I'm about right to. Now? It's loading. I, I have it. Get, like so. I'm I'm going to go with like I'm going to go with like one like a million 750. 1.4. Okay, so I was very close. close. Like but you know what I mean is that like teams have players that break out and produce and actually score and and overachieve, I guess you could say, on their respect contracts. Like they do more than they should be doing. Mm-hmm. But we have play. We have the complete opposite. They do nothing. He's, like doing, he's Ar- literally doing nothing. But like I like him, and he's a good player, and I know that he has a certain mm-hmm. skill set. But the fact that he has one point is is concerning. The fact that our leading goal scorer is four goals through fifteen games is concerning. The fact that our leading point scorer is fourteen, fine through fifteen games, absolutely. But it, it's it's just like we have a bunch of players that just don't contribute, and we're spending money. We're spending to the cap. If we weren't spending to the cap, I'd I'd, I'd sit here and I'd lay back and I'd put my feet up and grab my coke, put on my sunglasses, enjoy the sun. But that's not what's going on, Mark. That's not what's going on. Enjoy and the it's sun. sad. Enjoy <laughs> enjoy this nice lamp I have here, it's reflecting a lot of heat. But it, it's 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 too much. It's too much. Tyler Toffoli's in existence. Josh Anderson contributes, but is he worth the money that we're giving him? I don't know. This is a rant. This is a rant, <laughs> Mark. But you know whatever. Jesus, dude. <laughs> I, I, I want to clip this. Can we clip this and put it on TikTok or something? Because okay, you know, we'll, we'll go to uh, we'll go to our predictions for tonight's game at Little Caesars Arena. <laughs> oh man! I'll start us off with two goals from Yola Armia. Yeah, as we speak about it, I'm that serious. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're. De- I'm. I'm gonna go with. Was I? Didn't you say hat trick from Big Ben? There's a big Ben. No, that it's not happening. That's okay. That's too realistic. Um oh, it's very true. Very true. I'm go I'm going with I'm going with a hat trick from Pizzetta here. Pizzetta, yeah. I'm feeling I'm feeling a, I I think this guy's done. I think and you know what's crazy, Mark? Like I watch okay, I'm done I'm done after this, but I watch other teams play hockey. It's like, oh, who's this guy for checking? I've never seen a player for checking in my life. We have three players on a team that forecheck. Pizzetta, Brennan Gallagher, and Josh Anderson. That's it. And like it when he's in the mood. Yes, fair enough. But the other ones are just like, here, you want to give me the puck? Oh, no, okay, I'll back off. That's fine. I, I respect it. Have a nice day. Ryan Palin. Stop. Finishes a game in, he this, finishes yeah. a game in Laval. He scores. He, he gets a call from Bergevin. Yo, yeah, you're coming You're coming to play for us tomorrow night. Oh, amazing. Who, who am I playing with? Toffoli? Hoffman? Who's it going to be? It's uh, Belzil and Pozzetta. I might as well just stay in Laval then, Mark. But that's what I don't I might get. Might as well stay with Caulfield. Might as well. Like, okay, last thing. Okay, I said this already. But la- but on your point, you look at other teams. Like, you look at the Devils, for example. Like, they have Dawson, Mercer, and Holtz, right? Like, two great mm-hmm. hockey players. You cannot tell me that they would be producing the, the way they are if they were playing with 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 whoever's on their fourth line. But yeah. Dawson Mercer's playing with Tatar, and he's playing with Heeshear, and he's playing with Hughes when he's healthy. Like, they're giving them the opportunity to succeed. And that is what Montreal does not do. And when they don't succeed, like Caulfield did it for a little bit, it's like, oh, yeah, back to the minors. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. But it's 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 been too long. You haven't done anything. Like it's done. It's done for you. The only player that has been pushed out of a slump by like stay with these guys, push it. We're gonna give you minutes. You're gonna get out of the slump. Is Nick Suzuki? And look at the player he is. When he struggled, they didn't send him down. Like when he had slumps, they didn't demote him to the fourth line. They didn't demote him to the third line. They kept him there and they pushed it, pushed it, pushed it until he got out of it. And look, he's a confident hockey player. Like this season, they could have easily demoted him at the start. Cut his minutes, push him down. Sorry, Last who, season. Who are you talking about right now? Suzuki. Sorry. <laughs> Suzuki. Sorry, like I, I, I got lost in that. Uh, oh, Suzuki. oh ab- absolutely. He's never absolutely. been demoted. He's always, you're struggling, you're going to get out of it. You're going to get out of it with 25 minutes a night. But that's, but that's how... Mm-hmm. That's how sports work. That's how organizations mm-hmm. are supposed to work. They and, did it with him. And, so, but like, look at Lucas Raymond. Like, I know he was drafted like two years ago, but they're giving him an opportunity to succeed. They're playing the same with Dylan years, uh, as Holtz, both right? top ten picks. And it, and it doesn't take a first o- like Montreal. It's either first overall pick or nothing. Like 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 either our. Either we get the first overall pick and that guy's going to produce regardless, or what like if you pick second, third, fourth, fifth, I'll go all, all the way to 32. You're not you're not getting anything out of that player. This is so frustrating, man. I, I sit here every day and I contemplate. I'm like, I want to watch the Habs game, but like, do I enjoy mm-hmm. it? Absolutely not. I hate every second of it. <laughs> Come on, Pizzetta, get in the corner. Pizzetta, man. What a player. I love him. Um, I love his hair and his stash. 
I was watching the game oh, last game I was watching and I was looking at Lekkonen man right in the slot all alone around the tape and he wires it over the net and I look to my friend and I go that's the man that's the man who brought this team to the Stanley Cup finals that's him look at him look at him miss the net but he scored that one goal that one goal that brought us to the Stanley Cup finals for the first time since 93 But he can't hit the net anymore. He did it once. That's enough. He's going to stop. Him and Armia. One you know guy behind think... me goes, look at this guy. Look how slow he is. It was Armia trying to stick handle in the neutral zone. It just... It... 3.4 million. That's, that's what it costs to, to pay your fourth line. Like, Armia makes what? Two something? Armia? Uh, Lekanen, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I Let's don't know. See. He makes 2.3. Okay. So Lekanen at 2.3, Armia at 3.4. And I keep saying fourth line, but they're not even on the fourth line. Why? Because Belzil is on the team. Stop. Stop. I'm, I, like, I can't, like, I don't, I'm not in the mood to laugh, Mark. Like, you're, it's, it's not. Why is it's it not Island nice. in there? Why is it, you know what I mean? Why is it Belzil? Well, why is well, it, you... Pezzetta would have been fun for three games. That's well, enough. Well, if you, if you didn't know, though, like, you know, you know, I, the management down in Laval is trying to make, like, Caulfield, the next braiding point in front of the net, if you didn't know, right? Yeah, and uh, I think it's a, it's a solid strategy to put in front of the net. Let's have a Xavier Ouellet wire slop shots at our most talented player. Let's, <laughs> let's hopes, do that. And hope to get a stick on it. And in hopes to get a stick hope. If but he how, hits him in the shin, uh, man. How, Mark, how is that beneficial for Laval? You have a five foot seven guy standing in front of the goalie. Like, how does that benefit? Like, are, are you trying to win games? Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Caulfield will win you games on the half wall. So when are you games in front of the net? What is he? You, you should get a media. You should get a media pass and ask him. My God, man! I should You're, be the. I should be the guy. The, they should. They should be the ones asking me why. Alan's playing well in Caulfield's spot, and you know you got. You got to do what you got to do. I'm heated. I'm. I'm actually sweating right now. Like I'm sweating. <laughs> why am I sweating? <laughs> <laughs> Just book it already. Pizzetta hat trick. Pizzetta hat trick. I'm gonna. I went with the uh, Yol Armia two goals. Posting this and, on Twitter. And we're gonna end it off on this note. No, we're not. We're not we ending not? it off on anything. Because you know what I want, you know, you know what I like to do? Well, what are we gonna do? Because if you go to I don't know if it's on cap friendly, but you can click on a player's name and see a and, and see like a player comparison. like it says like contract comparison to someone. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I don't know where to find it though. Like I'm struggling to find it. But I wanna mm-hmm. like I wanna con- compare an army a contract to someone. Compare this contract. Oh yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm with oh. Lekkonen right now. Okay, so am I. Oh, oh, Jared McCann. Oh, Burakovsky. Manjapane. Oh, Salino. Bovillier. Tyler Kevin Matusi. Fiala. Kevin Fiala makes $3 million. Pavel Zaka. I, I, I love... You know what? I'm stopping. No, we're not ripping on Lekkonen. No, stop it. Go, go to Manjapane is going to play for Team Canada at the, at the Olympics, which will be one of the best Team Canada teams we have ever seen. And he's making less than Yol Armia. Can I give you some names for Yol Armia contract comparison here? Yeah, go ahead. Brian Rust. Ma- Mark. Oh, no, no, that's the wrong player. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Brian Rust. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately, it's kind of a weird. Uh, Gustav Nyquist, Connor Garland. Connor Garland's a good hockey player. Like I- I'm just Tyler Bertuzzi again. Like I'm just saying Mr. that. Vaccine. Like, yeah, but Mr. Vaccine is 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 producing for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever. I, I, all I'm saying is that you don't need to be the most consistent player of all, all time, but you just can't be the most inconsistent player of all time. Yeah. Like, why is that? Why is that? A, why is this a thing? This was fun, though. This was a it lot was of fun. fun. I got so much out of me. Good. I'm happy. <laughs> it's Saturday night. But you know what, Mark? I, I think one thing that the fans want to hear, or the listeners want to see, is, is you is you freak out. I've freaked out on, on an episode before, have I? I'm sure I you think... have. I just not in recent memory. Uh, yeah, probably not. Because I just kind of accepted it was more uh, prior to the whole Kotkaniemi, like that episode when we were like debating who, what, what are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. I was pretty, I was pretty angry. Um, but I've never, yeah, I've never really lost or like lost my mind over here. I think you just gotta like, go with the flow. And just look at this team and go, this is what it is. Which went to the Stanley Cup finals. 
It's not like we lost. Uh, it's not like we got a first overall pick and can't make it past the first round. <laughs> T- Toronto. Whatever. It's over, man. It's over. This team. This team is in the dumps. We're in the dumps. What did you post on Twitter about right? What's the What's the sentence this year? Because it was all in for Dallin. Was oh, Dallin it's uh, it's um. Oh, give me a sec. Let me find it quickly. I, it was at it, some one of my friends, like from school, actually showed me. Pain for Shane. Was it that? Yeah. Pain, Pain for, for Shane, Shane watch party. Pain for Shane watch party. I like That's that. That's a good one, Pain for Shane. Maybe, and then it was we, en we... pour la Yeah, that was good. Should we make that our uh, the, the title of this episode? Pain for Shane. That's a good title. Yeah, actually, it's a very good title. Yeah. yeah it's a good one. You know, oh my God. It's funny. I see on Twitter, there's so many passionate house fans. Happy Saturday. It's game day. Like, what are you excited <laughs> about? I don't understand. What hey, you... Little Caesars Arena. It's going to be bumping. Dude. Oh, I, I, I can't wait in like a week from now because I don't listen to the episodes right away, but I can't wait to re-listen to this one because this yeah. one has been so fun. Yeah. Oh, my God. Kind of took a crazy turn. Yeah. <laughs> for the better, honestly. Yeah, for the better. But I think we should end it on this note. Yeah, we will. And uh, we thank you so much for tuning in, for joining us. I hope you enjoyed. It was a fun episode. We'll catch you next time. And thanks again. Thanks a lot, guys.